doesn't matter what anybody else tries to tell you you know that you know it was nothing but the blood that healed your body it was nothing but the blood that saved your soul it was nothing but the blood that brought you out Somebody ought to give him praise right now. Somebody ought to give him praise right now. Oh, yes, Lord. Woo! My God, have mercy. Oh, come on, somebody lift your hands and praise him in this house. Hallelujah. Go hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh yes, Lord. For it reaches to the highest mountain. Oh my Lord, have mercy. I feel that right now. And it flows to the lowest valley. That gives me strength from day to day. It will never lose its power. Oh, come on and sing it with me today. Yes, it reaches to the highest, to the highest mountain. Yes, it does. Thank you, Jesus. Brother Jared Leeser, could you just let out a shout of triumph back there? Come on, that's it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you like Brother Jared told me when he was up here shouting, and here he comes again. You see him shouting and dancing and giving God praise. He walked up to me while he was shouting and said, Ten years ago, my skull was in a freezer, but look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me. Woo! Hello. 
Hallelujah. Oh, the Lord, He is good. I said, the Lord, He is good. It is He that has saved us, and not we ourselves. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving, and into His courts with praise. Be thankful unto Him, and bless His name. My, 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 my. Now, my goodness, look what y'all made me do this morning. I got all my everything all mixed up, messed up here. I've been flailing and shouting, hallelujah. Nothing like Sunday morning at Tree of Life Church. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Woo, hallelujah. We're so glad that you're here. Can we give all of our guests a great big hand clap? We are so thrilled and delighted that you are here. God bless you in the name of the Lord. This is a wonderful time, and you, you have entered at Tree of Life Church this morning at a very special time in our history. We are in the mid middle of a, of a miraculous Ready Now campaign where we have joined arms and joined forces and we're sacrificing together to see the Lord do a mighty work right here at the Tree of Life Church. And I know we don't have much room this morning, but we're going to have some room pretty soon. Soon and very soon. Thank you, Jesus. We have the permitting behind us. We have the approvals behind us. And the saints of God are giving sacrificially unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Every single week, another miracle abounds among us. I'm excited to see where the miracle is going to come from today. The Lord said, Peter, you can go pull a fish out of the, out of the pond and find a coin in its mouth. I'm going to tell you, God knows where our resources are, and he's providing them to us every step of this journey, and we ought to give him praise for it this morning in the name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. We're so honored that you are here this morning, and I'm so glad to have with me my good friends, brother and sister Stephen Kuntzman from Huntington, West Virginia. Can you give them a great big hand clap? Amen. Thank the Lord. We love brother and sister Kuntzman and are so thankful for them. And you're going to be hearing from uh, them tonight. Uh, but they're with us this morning. And uh, brother Kuntzman and I grew up together in Kokomo, Indiana. And uh, he is the associate pastor at Apostolic Life Cathedral in Huntington, West Virginia. We thank God for the great revival that is taking place in that great congregation. That happens to be the congregation where I preached my first revival. And, uh, and I just rejoice in the Lord to have my friends with us this morning. Uh, we're looking into the word of the Lord today from the gospel according to Matthew chapter 16. I'm so thrilled to see all of you here this morning in the presence of the Lord. Matthew chapter 16. And we're going to read beginning at the 13th verse. The word of the Lord says this. When Jesus came into the coasts of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias or Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, or the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. 
And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. I want to preach to you this morning on this subject and from this concept where Jesus told Peter, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And by the help of the Lord this morning, I would like to preach to you on the subject, the heart-shaped rock. The heart-shaped rock. Can we go to the Lord together in prayer this morning in Jesus' name? Lord, I thank you for every person that is in this building. Lord, I thank you for every person that is listening to your word as it's preached right now. I pray, God, that you would let your word have free course and let the anointing of the Holy Ghost rest upon your messenger and upon this body of believers. Lord, help us to do what you have called us to do. Give us the wherewithal, the strength, hallelujah, to do what you have called us to do. We are your humble servants, and we readily receive your word today, not to be hearers only, but doers as well of the precious word of faith. In Jesus' precious name we pray. And everybody said amen Amen. and amen. God bless you this morning. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. I took that picture on Christmas Day, 2018. I was was in Germany, my family and I, and Brother and Sister Enos had gone there for a little time of, of rest, and we joined them for the Christmas holiday. That, of course, is home to Sister Heidi and to Brother and Sister Enos, and so we decided we would go back home to Germany for the holiday, and so we did. It was a much-needed time of, of rest. We, we did actually minister and had a great time in the Lord at, in Landstuhl, Germany. Uh, Pastor Negron is there doing a great work for God. This is the church where Brother and Sister Enos pastored, and where Sister Heidi grew up, and we were so blessed to be able to join in worship with the great saints at Bethel, Landstuhl, Germany. But, but we were looking forward to the Christmas holiday. It had been an eventful year here at Tree of Life Church. The year began with a crescendo, if you please, of, of enthusiasm and excitement. We embraced our purpose and let it be known that we are a tree of life to this city and to our families, to our communities, and that the Lord has anointed us by placing his seed in our heart and letting that precious word grow up into fruition. And we proceeded not only to to embrace our purpose as Tree of Life, but we officially named ourselves the Tree of Life Church. Not only did we experience that great embracing of purpose, but we launched directly into a Ready Now campaign where we, we talked about God being able. We talked about the vision. We talked about no resistance can withstand what the Lord is going to do. We talked about the fact that our predecessors were ready way back when, and that we are ready now. And we were having a glorious time. Every week, it just seemed like the windows of heaven would open and showers of blessing would rain down upon God's people. But it was a lot of work. It was a lot of planning. It was a lot of sacrificial giving, even. It was a lot of faith. And by December, I was tired (laughs) And ready to dream of a white Christmas, hear sleigh bells in the snow, and deck the halls with boughs of holly and whatever else there was to do in the last week or two of December. And I was really excited about catching my breath and looking forward to 2019, which if 2018 was this good, how much better is 29 going to be? 2019. And so I... 
prepared to do so. And we arrived in Germany and we were just beginning to relax. And I started seeing on email and on social media, I started seeing some unrest back home among our, some of the folks that surround us. And what I soon learned was that a letter had gone out about our building program saying that we were going to, we were going to take over the neighborhood and that we were going to have thousands and thousands and thousands of people multiple times a week. And, and I thought, man, that's quite a vision. I probably, <laughs> amen. I, mean, I didn't know whether to be mad at, at the mischaracterization or to ask, you know, appoint somebody to head our vision campaign. I mean, you've got quite a vision. And so I, I just, I, I, you know, I was just looking at what was being said, and then the reaction was so startling. It was, it was shocking. There was, there was genuine, a genuine movement afoot to try to shut down our building project. And, and it, it really upset me and unnerved me, and the reason that it did was because I wasn't here to, to deal with it. I was in Deutschland. I was thousands of miles away on a completely separate continent. And I thought, man, I wish I could just get back home and deal with what's happening and talk to those that are misunderstanding our project and deal with this head on. But I was, I was helpless. I couldn't do anything but pray and trust God and say, Lord, have your way. And, and as, the, as the situation would unfold, I... I found, myself, I found myself concerned about what was happening back here. On Christmas Day, we went for a walk through the woods. I had no choice but to just give it over to God. And you know, really, that's the only choice. Amen. And I, I seem to learn this lesson over and over again. You'd think I'd learn by now. And this is the advice I give everybody. Just turn it over to Jesus. And then there comes that point where I got to do what I'm telling folks. I got to practice what I'm preaching. And so I just, I can't talk to anybody. I can't deal with anything. I, there's nothing you can put your finger on. I'm in Germany. I'm uh, thousands of miles away. I can't, I can't respond like I would like to respond. And so I'm just praying and trusting in the Lord. And I'm seeing people attack our program and say things that are not true, and so forth. And so I, I uh, went on a walk on Christmas Day with my family and with my wife's brother, Brian, and his son, Brendan, and, and Sister Heidi, and Anna, Sophia, and Zach, and myself. We all went walking across the uh, Liebsen River in, in Garmisch, Bavaria. And as we were walking along this river we were just astounded at the beauty it was it was just wonderful it was it was pristine it was beautiful and and as we walked this path I came across that rock and if we could show a, a, another picture of it there was a tree coming up out of that rock and I looked at that and I, I stopped you know Jesus said that the rocks will cry out and I kind of felt like, if you'll just indulge me for a moment, I'm not trying to super spiritualize this. I'm just telling you I needed a word from God. And, and, and God apparently knew I needed more than just a word. He knew I needed a visual aid. <laughs> so God was just kind of letting me know, look, I'm going to make sure you get this. And so as I'm walking along, I look over at this and I said, look at that tree. The tree is coming up out of that rock. And the tree, as you can see, I, I mean, if you could see me, I wish my wife had a picture of me. Because I'm on the ground looking up at this rock with my phone, trying to get as much of that tree in the picture as I can. But I can't. The tree has grown so tall, unabated, unabated by the forces of nature. It's growing out of the rock. Its roots have spread out over the rock. And as I looked at the picture, I walked away, I said, that just, that just inspired me because it reminded me of you, the tree of life. It reminded me of the fact that the tree of life church isn't just growing out of any old soil. 
but that the tree of life church is built upon a rock. Oh, hallelujah. And, and the Lord just began to deal with me. The tree of life is going to be all right because the tree of life is built upon the rock and the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church that is built upon the rock. Hallelujah. And, and I want you to understand that, that when I, when I, I look at this and I, I looked at the scriptures and I, Jesus is talking to his disciples and he asked them a question. He said, listen, I want to know, you guys have been around, you've been talking to people, you've been, you've been listening to folks. And he said, who do men say that I am? Who do you hear that people are, what are they saying about me? I, I want to know what the rumor is. And somebody said, well, I was, I was at, you know, Bob Evans the other day, and I heard somebody at the little counter say uh, that he might be Elijah come back to life. And somebody said, well, I was at the dry cleaners the other day, and somebody in line said, I bet he's Jeremiah. Somebody else said Habakkuk or Haggai or Zephaniah or Zechariah or Malachi or Micah or Isaiah or, or one of the prophets. Somebody said maybe it's John the Baptist come back to life. And then Jesus, who never answers or asks a question without already knowing the answer, he said, who do you say that I am? Because it's one thing for you to know what people say about him. Have you ever heard somebody say he's a healer? Have you ever heard anybody say he's a deliverer? Have you ever heard anybody say he's a redeemer? How about have you heard somebody say he's an on-time God? Yes, he is. Have you ever heard anybody say he's a way maker? He's a promise keeper. He's a light in the darkness. Have you heard anybody say he's the bread of life or he's the water of life? Hallelujah. Have you heard anybody say that he's the good shepherd? What do you know about my Jesus? It's one thing for you to hear what others have said about him. But it's quite another thing for you to be able to say, I'll tell you who he is because I know for myself. I tried him and I found him to be true. I tried him and I found him to be faithful. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Who do you say that I am? And Peter spoke up amongst the crowd and said, I know who you are. You are Messiah. You're the one of whom the prophets spake. You're the one that Isaiah said would be a, a, a tender plant out of dry ground. You're the one that, that Micah said would be the ruler coming up out of Bethlehem Ephrathah. I know who you are. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus whirled around and said, Peter, your name had been Simon, but I'm changing your name to Peter. He said, flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you. Now listen, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know how many times flesh and blood had taught that to Peter. I don't know how many times flesh and blood had gone over that with Peter. I don't know how many times flesh and blood set out a Bible study chart. And, and expounded on it with Peter. But I do know that flesh and blood did not reveal it to Peter. Jesus said, but my Father, which is in heaven, he has revealed it unto you. See, I'm going to stand up here and I'm going to preach it. And our ministers are going to preach it and teach it. And the saints of God are going to testify and preach and teach the gospel to every creature. But none of this flesh or blood will be able to reveal it unto you. It is a revelation that comes from Almighty God. He is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And I love it when people get that revelation because that's when they start shouting. That's when they start dancing. That's when they start rejoicing in the Lord. Because it has been revealed unto them. 
I was this week in Houston, Texas with Brother, uh, our General Superintendent, Bishop David Bernard, and he was speaking on the great Arroyo Seco camp meeting in California where the concept of Jesus' name baptism was first introduced in a public setting. A man by the name of R.E. McAllister was preaching, and I knew that R.E. McAllister had first mentioned and preached Jesus' name baptism, but Bishop Bernard brought out an element or a nuance that I had never understood before. He said R.E. McAllister was not expounding on Jesus' name baptism. He was only providing as a point of information that the apostles only baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. He, he wasn't making the case for Jesus' name baptism to be administered. He simply was saying, if you read the book of Acts, the apostles uniquely, exclusively, and only baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he tried to move on, and somebody said, wait, what? Oh, whoa, 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 no, 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 rewind, rewind. Did you just tell us that the apostles only baptized in the name of Jesus Christ? That they didn't baptize in any other formula, only in the name of Jesus Christ? He said, yes, that is, that is true historically. Now, moving on. They said, no, wait a minute. If they only baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, why aren't we only baptizing in the name of Jesus Christ? It turned into a controversy on accident. R.E. McAllister was trying to tamp down the controversy, but he had opened up the can and let the cat out of the bag, and they began to debate it and discuss it and pray over it, and a man by the name of John Shep grabbed his Bible and poured his heart into studying the book of Acts, and he came running through the camp meeting with his Bible waving in the air. I see it. I see it. I see it. I've got to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Christ. I love it when people see who he is. I love it when people realize that the fullness of the Godhead dwells in Jesus Christ bodily. There is none beside him. There is none above him. There is no equal. There is no superior. He is the great I am. He is the altogether lovely. And his name has power. His name has power. His name has power. Thank you, Jesus. Peter, flesh and blood didn't reveal this unto you. My Father revealed this unto you. You know who I am. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. I want you to understand that God, who is our everlasting Father, Listen to what Isaiah said. He said, unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful. His name shall be called Counselor. His name shall be called the Mighty God. Who? This child that is born. This son that is given. His, Jesus, his name shall be called the mighty God. His name shall be called the everlasting father. His name shall be called the prince of peace. This is not some other person in a Godhead. This is not some other being among two or three others. This is the everlasting father incarnate the father deposited himself into the womb of Mary and was made of a woman made under the law when Jesus walked this earth there's a reason why he said to us it is not this human flesh that does the work it is the father in me that doeth the work this is why he said, he that hath seen me hath seen the Father. This is why he said, I and my Father are one. Hallelujah. When you see the Son and the Father, both of these concepts, Son and Father, this is not a separate person. You are looking at God in time and God in eternity. When you're talking about the Son, you're talking about time. And when you're talking about the Father, you're talking about eternity. Oh, hallelujah. 
This is why, this is why he, the son said to the father, not my will, but thy will be done. That was time surrendering to the will of eternity. That's what you and I need to do. You think you've got all the time in the world and you don't. Boast not thyself of tomorrow. You need to surrender yourself to the will of God. Hallelujah. Time needs to surrender to eternity. Hallelujah. 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 When we talk about Jesus suffering upon the cross, when we talk about him being wounded and bruised, chastised, smitten, stricken of God, and afflicted, we are not talking, ladies and gentlemen, about some entity that God sent to do his dirty work. But this is God himself wrapped in a robe of human flesh. This separates our God from every other God, lowercase g-o-d, that exists in the minds of the people of this world. Every mythological creature, every heathen deity, every kind of individual in the pantheon of gods throughout history, none can equate to our God. Because our God does not just have power, but he humbled himself. He took upon himself the form of a servant. He became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross when I looked at that rock I looked at that rock and I said oh my goodness not only is there a tree coming up out of that rock but that rock is heart shaped I gotta get a picture of this that'll preach you know the worst thing the worst thing about taking a couple a few days off and, and, and being out of town for some rest the only thing that's problematic about that is that I don't get to preach and 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 and, you know that's all I really enjoy doing is preaching and so when I start walking around the woods I see sermons everywhere and I realize it's not just built on a rock it's built on a heart-shaped rock we are established we're not just established on the strength of God we're established upon the love of God We're not just held together by the power of Almighty God, but we are held together by the fact that our God loves us with an everlasting love. Oh, I wish I could preach to you like I feel it this morning. While we were yet in sin, Christ died for the ungodly God. Who? God. Who? God commended his love toward us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. Did you hear what I said? God, the great I am, the altogether lovely, El Shaddai, Zion's righteous governor, he which was and is and is to come, the almighty, the first, the last, the beginning, the end, the great I am, hallelujah, the alpha, the omega, the wonderful, the counselor, hallelujah, the rose, the lily, the root, the branch, God, who is above all and through all and in you all, the same God that thundered on Mount Sinai, commended his love toward us. In that while, while, not after, not once we got everything all together, Woo. while we were sinners, not once I got my tie straightened and my suit coat on and my hair parted over what I have left of it, not then. While, while, while we were drunk, while we were out and about, while we were carousing, while we were rebellious, while we were addicted, while we were stubborn, while we were fornicating, while, while we were boastful and proud and blaspheming, while we were yet in sin, Christ died for the ungodly. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, I, I, when the Bible says when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall raise up a standard against the enemy. Now, now that's not God seeing the enemy come in like a flood and then scrambling to go find the standard and raise it up. 
The standard is already raised. Jesus said, if I be lifted up from the earth. The standard was raised at Calvary. That is your standard. When the enemy comes in like a flood, God's going to remind you of Calvary. When the enemy comes in like a flood and tells you you can't make it and your family's not going to make it and your marriage isn't going to survive and you don't have any hope for the future and your past is going to catch up with you, overrun you, and trample you underfoot, the Lord raises up Calvary in your thinking, in your mind, in your spirit. He reminds you Jesus paid it all. He reminds you that that blood reaches to the highest mountain, flows to the lowest valley he reminds you you're going to make it because you're going to look unto Jesus the author and the finisher of your faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross hallelujah we are built upon the love of God that's what we're built on the love of God I'm so glad we sang about the blood this morning Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Do you know I heard somebody actually say, I actually heard someone say one time, they said, we need to stop preaching on the love of God and start preaching about the blood more. I thought, where do you think the blood comes from? How do you separate those two things? How do you separate the blood of Jesus from the love of God? Hallelujah. You know, the, the, the people that say that are, are, are suggesting that they've never encountered the real love of God. Because when you encounter the love of God, I'm not talking about worldly love. I'm talking about the love of God. So what they're suggesting is people start thinking that God loves them so much they can do whatever they want to do. No, 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 you don't understand the love of God then. See, see, when you really encounter the love of God, when you realize, I'm talking about your heart genuinely perceives, it is revealed unto you that he loves you not because of how good you are, but because of how good he is. Let me explain to you, you're not going to want to do whatever you want to do anymore. It's going to wash you of every unclean desire. It's going to cleanse you from the inside out. When you really have an encounter with the love of God, I'm talking about the real love of God, it's going to get so deep down on the inside of you, you're going to say, Lord, I'll serve you all the days of my life. I'm never turning back. I'm never turning back. And you become like that tree built upon a rock. The wise man built his house upon the rock. Yes, the foolish man built his house upon the sand. The sand represents people. God told Abraham, I'm going to give you children like the sands of the sea, innumerable. We don't build our house on people. We build our house upon the rock. This building that we're getting ready to build, it's not, it's not built on us. It's not built on us. It's not built on our personalities. It's not even built on our sacrifices. God is using our sacrificial giving to produce this. But, but, but if we don't do it, he's going to raise somebody up who will. Because it is the will and the providence of God for this to happen. It is built, hallelujah, upon the rock. The love of God. Here's what happens. When God loves you and you know that he loves you, here's what it does. It takes away from you the insecurities. It takes away from you the self-hate. It takes away from you the self-loathing, the self-pity. All the stuff that you use to, to, to wear yourself out with thinking, nobody loves me. Everybody hates me. I guess I'll just go get that can of worms somebody opened up. And I'll eat worms. This self-loathing, it removes that from you. Because you can't start the song when you know that God loves you. You can't genuinely say, nobody loves me. Because you know somebody does. Everybody else in the world may hate your guts. But Jesus loves me. This 
some people who wish I was dead, but Jesus loves me. There's some people who wish I was never born, but Jesus loves me. I'm going to tell you, when you know that he loves you, and you can't help that he loves you, and you can't make him stop loving you, it does something to you. It changes you. You stop hating yourself. For your inconsistencies, your flaws, your weaknesses, your shortcomings. You stop hating yourself and you start realizing, he loves me. There must be something about me that's worth loving. What is it that's, what is it that's worth loving? The fact that you are a child of God. The fact that he reconciled you unto himself. It makes you worth loving. Now all of a sudden, because you don't hate you, you don't hate them. See, people that hate you, it's not, it's not you. It's them. Hate is a self-issue. Hate is when people hate themselves. And they project that self-hatred upon others. So this is why the Bible says, Love the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. And the only way you can love yourself is to know you are loved by God. You don't start with loving yourself. You don't start with loving yourself. See, see, there's a lot of people who won't say you ought to love yourself because we're not to be selfish or to be self-focused or to be self-centered. That, that, that's, that's self-love, and that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about he loves me. And when he loves me, it generates a reality that I am worth loving. Now I can give the love that I have received. Not only to my neighbor, but to God himself. We are built upon the fact that God loves us. He loves us. And there's no greater example of his love than the incarnation of God in Christ. Hallelujah. The fact that God himself, he did not send another. God himself, he didn't ask one of the angels to step down and take our place. God himself he looked for an intercessor and found none and said, my own arm shall bring me salvation. God himself stepped down into this world as a human being. He took your pain. He took your shame. He took your sin. He took your sadness. He took your sorrow. He took your sickness. He took your disease. He took your brokenness. He took your transgression. He took your iniquity shall I go on he took upon you the iniquity of us all hallelujah and he nailed it to the cross the love of God so when the enemy comes in like a flood I don't have to be afraid because I know it's going to be all right how do you know it's going to be all right because he loves me and he has all power it's not just a rock it's a heart-shaped rock. The Bible says God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. The power is God's power. The love is God's love. And the sound mind comes from knowing he loves me and he has all power. He loves me. Hallelujah. And he has all power. You don't have to be like the little girl who said he loves me. He loves me not. He loves me. He loves me not. He loves me. He loves me not. You, you, don't, have to, you don't have to pick another petal off the rose. Just keep, just keep shouting and rejoicing. He loves me. 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 And no devil in hell, no weapon formed against you can prosper. One of, the, one of the individuals that was taking a, taking a, just a, a real negative approach toward us in one of the meetings scowled at me so badly that um, it, kind of, it kind of unnerved Anna, my oldest daughter. She said, man, she said, Dad, that guy hates you. <laughs> she said, I've actually never seen somebody like hate you before I said well thank God you haven't seen that I could tell you about some folks but we've sheltered you good thank the Lord for that but she said no 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 he he like that was hate in his eyes and I, I you know she was right it was and 
And so it bothered her. She felt defensive of her, of her dad. And it bothered her. And the next morning, it really bothered her the rest of the day. It was on a Monday night, and then on Tuesday, it bothered her all Tuesday. Wednesday morning, she was so bothered by it that she said, Lord, I have to give this to you. She said, I want you to touch that man right now. I want you to bless his heart. Hallelujah. I want you to strengthen him and encourage him right now in the name of Jesus. Whatever he's facing, I want you to go before him and fight his battles for him. See, that's what happens when you're built on a heart-shaped rock. You start loving those who hate you. Hallelujah. Jesus said, a new commandment I give you, that you have loved one for another, and that you love even as I have loved you. See, that's what happens when you know how much God loves you. It puts in your heart a love for everybody, even your haters. Your haters can't move you off this rock. Your haters can't get you off the foundation because it's a heart-shaped rock. It's a love-shaped rock. It's shaped in the love of God. It is founded upon the fact that he loves me and he forgives me and he strengthens me. And so she prayed for him all Wednesday. She prayed for him. And, and every, every time he'd come through her mind, she'd say, Lord, bless him right now in the name of Jesus. She walked into a CVS pharmacy that evening. And there he stood. She had been praying all day long that God would touch his heart. And when she saw him in the, in the store, she walked right up to him and just said, Hi, I'm Anna. I'm Pastor Urshan's daughter. If you know Anna... You know how the rest of the conversation went. She just showed him the love of God. She just showed him the joy of the Lord. Hallelujah. I, I want you to understand, ladies and gentlemen, everything we do is coming out of the love that God has for us. We who have freely received must freely give. And I want you to know something. The giving that you're doing for Ready Now, it's, it's out of love. It's not out of coercion. It's not out of, it's not out of somebody making you feel guilty or somebody pressuring you or some church tax collector standing on your front porch. All right, let me see that tithe envelope. Let's get this. Let's add another comma there. No, we need one more comma. That's not how it's happening. Because it's coming from a heart of love. You love because you've been loved by God. You want to see souls saved. You know what the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 13? This is what he said. He said, if I bestow all my goods to feed the poor and have not love, then it does no good. And there is, ladies and gentlemen, there are a lot of people who believe that you can, you can tax people and make them give all that they have to the poor. And Paul said, you can try that if you want. But if it's coercion and not love, there's no power in it. The power comes from love. It's when somebody loves the poor enough to give. They love the lost enough to give. They love the broken enough to give. They love the heart shattered enough to give. That's when there's power. That's why God can take two mites, two fishes, five loaves, a coin out of a fish's mouth, and multiply it for his glory. Because when you put love on the offering, it has a multiplying exponential power associated with it. My God, have mercy. You take that $5 bill, that $20 bill, or $5,000, however much, and you multiply it by love. And we're going to build that building in Jesus' name. Ha. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know what I love about Tree of Life Church? I love the fact that you love. You love. You've been loved by God. And now you take that love and you give it so freely. That's why I don't have to beg people to give. I don't have to beg people to give. Because there's so much love in this room. And there's so much love in your heart that it flows freely from you. You just give freely. You're never going to be made, filthy, made to feel guilty for giving or not giving. You're just going to be 
preached to about Jesus. Exalting Jesus. Exalting Jesus. Exalting Jesus. He's the one that puts it in our heart. He's the one that inspires us. He's the one that puts us, hallelujah. And he'll give you, he'll give you more resources and more resources and more resources to give unto his name, to give unto his cause, to give unto his kingdom in the name of Jesus. That's how it works in this kingdom of God on this heart-shaped rock. Somebody lift up your hands unto him if you would. Come on, lift up your hands right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, lift up your hands right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You're not going to move me off this rock. You're not going to get me bitter. You're not going to get me upset and resentful. You're not going to make me stop loving people. Come on, that's it. When the enemy comes in like a flood, I just go back to Calvary. I just go back to Calvary. I just go back to what the Lord has done for me. I wonder if somebody right now can just think about what the Lord has done for you and give him a praise that is according to his goodness. <laughs> oh, he's been better than that. He's been better than that. Come on, stand with me right now and give him a praise. Give him a praise. I wonder if you could give him a praise for your loved ones that are going to receive the Holy Ghost in this new building. Can you do that right now? Hallelujah. Come on, give him a praise for your loved ones who are going to receive the Holy Ghost in this new building. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Could you just connect with the person next to you? Put your arm around them or hold their hand or whatever you feel comfortable doing. We're binding together. We've been, talking, we've been talking a lot about finances lately because that's, that's the season we're in. And we have to remain focused in order to do what God has called us to do. I want to tell you, I want to tell you where we are. The Lord has helped us in 16 months' time to raise over $1.8 million for the glory of God for building this building. We have more to give. And let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. The enemy may try to, he may try to put obstacles in our way, but we're built on a rock. And that rock is the love of God who came down into this world as a man to suffer, bleed, and die. And we're not going anywhere except where God wants us to go. Hallelujah. We're going to do what the Lord has called us to do. I believe and I'm just going to put this out there. And, I, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not asking you, I'm not asking you to get a checkbook out or anything. I'm asking you simply to believe with me right now. And let the Lord use you as he will. I believe we're going to hit $2 million before the end of 2019. I need somebody to agree with me right now in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you have you you have given three over three hundred thousand dollars in five weeks' time. You have done that. God has used you to give over three hundred thousand dollars in just five weeks' time. I believe we can give $190,000 before the end of 2019. I believe it's going to happen. I'm claiming it in Jesus' name. And I need a witness to lift your hand with me right now and say, Lord, I believe it and I declare it. And I decree it in the name of Jesus. 
We're joining forces. We're standing together in the name of the Lord, believing God for His goodness, believing God for His blessing in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. There's a spirit of giving that's gripping our hearts. We're built upon a heart-shaped rock. We are the tree of life. We are here for the healing of the nations. We are here for the healing of the brokenhearted. We are binding up the brokenhearted. That's why we're here. There's healing in this house right now. I want somebody to come forward in Jesus' name that needs a healing in their spirit, a healing in their family, a healing in their mind, or a healing in their body. I want you to come forward right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, that's it. God bless you right now. Come on, you need strength in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, you need strength. In the name of Jesus, you need strength right now in the name of Jesus. Brother and Sister Gallimore, could you just lay hands on Harry and Rhonda Humphreys right there in front of you in the name of Jesus. We're praying for this precious family right now that God would give them strength. That God would bless them right now in the name of Jesus Christ. That the Lord would wrap His arms of comfort around them and bless them in Jesus' name. They need a touch of God's peace right now. They need a touch of God's comfort right now. Come on, that's it. Just let the branches of the tree of life wrap around somebody right now. Provide strength in the name of the Lord. Providing healing in the name of the Lord. In the name of Jesus. Come on, that's it. I need you, Jesus, right now. I need you, Jesus. I need you, Jesus. I need you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, that's it in the name of the Lord. In the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord, right now. Lord.